Jesus House in pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential, impacting lives. This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London. God bless you. Let's say a prayer. And our prayer is going to be taken from Romans chapter 8, verse 14. So this is the foundation of our prayer as, as we start today. Romans 8, verse 14. The Bible says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And Holy Spirit, we come before you. We ask, Father, in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ that as we come before you tonight, as we gather, we pray that we are led by your spirit. We pray that your Holy Spirit speaks to our spirits and Father Almighty God, as he does so, oh Lord, may we hear you study what you want us to study, say what you want us to say. We pray, oh Lord, that our prayers tonight are guided by your spirit. We pray that as we ask for things, as you raise things, as we spend time with you, and Father Almighty God, as we pray for those who are in need, as a family, we ask that everything we pray is led by you, freeing the Father to do all that he has intended to do tonight. We pray, my Father, that you are in control. We yield totally to you. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen and amen. Ladies and gentlemen, good evening. Um, God will be kind to us tonight. That's without a question. Now, tonight, we are looking at the person of the Holy Spirit. We, we've looked at the word and how we interact with the word. And tonight, we're looking at the person of the Holy Spirit. And we may do that for um, one or two weeks, and then we will... Um, continue from there and so tonight we're looking at the person of the Holy Spirit and the prayer at the beginning actually will govern everything we do and we're going to literally rely on the Holy we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit and rely on the Holy Spirit that he will guide um, and if you do have questions regarding hearing from the Holy Spirit who he is feel free to pop them into the chat and as time goes as tonight goes as time um, permits, we will allow them. I will read the questions out for anybody who's listening by podcast or who happens to be on the phone. And so, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be talking about the person of the Holy Spirit. And I'll ask you, we're going to start, um, and I'm going to read from the Amplified Bible, and I'm going to read something Jesus said about him. John chapter 14, reading from verse 26. And the Bible says the following, and so John 14, verse 26, and we're going to be speaking about the Holy Spirit. Jesus is speaking about the Holy Spirit, and he says the following. But the comforter, and then the Amplified Bible breaks it down as follows. Counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, standby, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, in my place to represent me and act on my behalf, he will teach you all things. 
He will cause you to recall, will remind you of, bring to your remembrance everything I have told you. Those were Jesus's words. And so, ladies and gentlemen, let's look at what the Bible says. And so we're looking um, at the Amplified Version. And just in case um, you don't have it, um, just in case you you can't find it, um, if, you, if you look on, um, it's on Bible Gateway or any one of the other apps, you'll find the Amplified Version. 14 verse 26, um, John 14 verse 26. And so we're looking at the person of the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus says something about the Holy Spirit. And he says, the Holy Spirit, he says, the comforter, he's a comforter. But then the, the comforter, the word is broken down. Um, and you'll notice the Bible says the following, that he's a counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, and standby. Pause for a moment, ladies and gentlemen. Have you noticed that all of those roles assist us to do something? They come alongside, they enable us to do something. So when the Bible refers to the Holy Spirit as our comforter, notice all the roles. He's our counselor. A counselor helps you understand something. He's our helper. A helper enables you to achieve something that you need to achieve. Intercessor is somebody who stands in between yourself and any kind of authority and pleads your case. Advocate, that is somebody who pleads your case on your behalf. That's not the prosecution. That's the somebody who advocates, who presents your thoughts and case um, on your behalf, be that in a legal setting or in any other arbitration setting. Strengthener, that means where you lack strength, the Holy Spirit will come alongside and add strength and then standby standby is that when you run out the hope that the strength of the holy spirit will take over and he will lift you up and so ladies and gentlemen pause for a moment what i want to what jesus drives home and this is what i want to say first and foremost what jesus drives home about the holy spirit as we start is that without him we cannot get anything done he's critical absolutely critical he's critical in our walk with god he's critical in who we are and who we become he does a remarkable amount of things and so we're going to look at some of the things and then jesus says something that the holy spirit whom the father will send in my name and so we also realize so how does the Holy Spirit come into our lives? The Holy, the, the Father sends him into our lives. And so he is there. So let's, so let's, um, this is the point I want to make to start with. The Bible says God sends him into our lives. And the Bible says in Jesus's place, on his behalf, and to represent him and to act on his behalf. And the Bible says then that he will teach you all things the bible then says he will cause to cause you to recall that means he will bring to you he will help you remember whatever jesus has said to you that means he'll bring it alive and the bible says everything i have told you pause for a moment so let's say this about the holy spirit first 
and foremost is that he's here for your benefit. God did not send the Holy Spirit to you to harm, hamper, confuse, limit, rob, distract, or detract from you. He is here in the absolute positive. So he can be trusted. And so hopefully, as we look at the Holy Spirit, so this is what Jesus says, looking at all the roles, and this is just in one particular word, all the roles, notice, all the roles the Holy Spirit plays in this particular regard are positive. They are there to enable or help you to do something. Ladies and gentlemen, a relationship with the Holy Spirit is critical. So let's understand who he is. And then, so we'll do a, a very brief overview, but this is what I want to start with. I want you to keep in mind that the Holy Spirit, he's here completely for the positive. That means when the Holy Spirit tells you something, when the Holy Spirit tells you something, okay, that's a very good question. Um, somebody's put a question and I will answer the question. Um, I will answer the question. Um, and that will come to that. So that's, please keep the questions coming. So what I'll do is I'll keep going. And then at a point, I'll begin to take the questions. Very, very good question. And so the Holy Spirit, notice what Jesus says, all of those things. Oh, actually, I'll, I'll answer it now. Someone asked me that, oh, is the Holy Spirit not sent to judge us? Listen to what Jesus said. If he was sent to judge us, Jesus would have said so. He said, this is his role. And we're going to look at many other areas. So let's clarify. But there is an element. So let's, let me. So if you come to John chapter 16, okay. Is the Holy Spirit here to judge us? No, he's not. When we think about the, the what the Bible says is, notice, Everything there, he's, he came alongside. So let's put it in context. So let's see whether, whether he is sent to act as judge. Let me read John chapter 16. I, I was right. Um, and I'm going to read from verse 7. So we've looked at comforter. Let's look at John chapter 16. I'm going to read from verse 7. So in answer to the question, that, is the Holy Spirit here to judge us? And then we're going to have a look. So John chapter 16. And I'm going to read from seven for you. Okay. The Bible says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is, this is Jesus speaking. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him to, unto you. And when he is come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. So pause. Let me read that in the Amplified Bible so we can get it clear. John chapter 16. And we'll read from verse 7. Okay. This is in the Amplified Bible, 
Amplified Classic. However, I am telling the nothing but the truth when I say it is profitable, good, expedient, advantageous that, that to, for you that I go away. Because if I do not go away, the comforter, counselor, helper, advocate, intercessor, strengthener, standby will not come to you into close fellowship with you. But if I go away, I will send him to you to be in close fellowship with you. And so, ladies and gentlemen, okay, great questions coming in. We're going to have fun tonight. So look at verse seven. So I just want to pause so we can take our declaration and then I'll come back to it. So this is that. Let's take our declaration. That um, our declaration from Second Chronicles chapter seven. Okay. And so let's take our declarations. Oh Lord, we are your people, called by your name. We humble ourselves and we pray, and we seek your face. We turn from our wicked ways. Hear from heaven, Lord. Forgive our sins and heal our land. We declare that our land is healed in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Okay, Amen. So, ladies and gentlemen, please keep that declaration going. You'll see the results very, very soon. So, let's go back to our question. So, this is the question. I've got two or three. Fantastic. I'm going to come. We're going to have fun tonight. So, is the Holy Spirit sent to judge us? This is the answer. So, let's we'll look I'll, I'll read from john 16 verse 7 i'm reading the amplified bible now so john 16 verse 7 okay i'm reading from the amplified however i tell you that nothing but the truth when i say it is profitable good expedient advantageous that i go away because if i do not go away the comforter counselor helper advocate intercessor strengthener standby will not come to you into close fellowship with you but if I go away, I will send him to you to be in close fellowship with you. Pause for a moment. You cannot be both advocate and judge. The Bible says the Holy Spirit is our advocate, the one who pleads our case in the positive. And so if he's our advocate, that's his role in our lives. He cannot then be the one who judges. Now, well, please understand, please, when we say judge, that is somebody who passes an assessment or enforces a law. He's not our judge, but he's, he's our advocate. There, there is, so let's, let's keep that in mind. We're going to come to that in a moment. So let's read on. And the Bible says, this is where that, that thought comes from. And when he comes, he will convict and convince the world. Notice. He will convict and convince the world and bring demonstration to it about three things. Sin and about righteousness, uprightness of heart and right standing with God and about judgment. And then Jesus explains what the Holy Spirit will explain to the world. That is the world, that means those who are not yet in relationship with Jesus Christ. This is what the Jesus, this is what Jesus said, the Holy Spirit will convince or convict them of. 
And so the Bible says the following, he will convince them about sin because they do not believe in me. So we realize Jesus is not talking to you. He's talking to those who do not believe in him. Trust, rely on, and adhere to me. About righteousness, uprightness of heart and right standing with God, because I go to my father and you will see me no longer. Third, about judgment. Notice he's not talking to you because the ruler, evil genius, prince of this world, Satan is judged and condemned and the sentence already is passed upon him. So those three things, when, we, when the Bible talks about the Holy Spirit judging, it's not that he's our judge. That means he's the one that says, okay, this is right or wrong. So he's not standing over us with a big stick to assess, are you doing it right or are you doing it wrong? He is, on the other hand, our counselor. That is one who gives advice and guidance. He is, on the other hand, our helper, one who presents assistance. He is our intercessor, one who pleads our case where it is required. He is our strength and he is our standby. So we can say this, please keep this in mind. That does not mean that the Holy Spirit will not get your attention when you are not doing something right, but he's doing it as a teacher, not as a judge or as a punisher. Does that, does that make sense? So please keep that in mind. And so is he here to judge us? The Bible does not say so. That's the first thing. And so we'll keep that in mind. There's something else. The, is there a link between the Holy is there a link between the Holy Spirit and a link to our mental health? Beautiful question. Beautiful question. So let's keep this in mind. Let, let, let's I'm going to answer this question before I uh, before I dive on. I think these, these are really helpful questions. So it's, it's going to be fun. Let's look at what the Holy Spirit does. So the Bible says the Holy Spirit will teach you all things. So let's pause. Let's pause for a moment. When the Holy Spirit teaches you, what is he going to teach you? What is he going to explain? What is he going to expand? So what does he do? So let's have a look at what the Holy Spirit does. And then we'll also remember the question is, is there a link to our mental health? So if there is a place, so when it comes to mental health, mental health challenges, when it comes, how does the Holy Spirit help you? What does he do? He teaches you the word of God. And we're going to have a look at that pretty much immediately. And so come with me, please, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Let's go to the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, and we're going to verse 20. Okay, Ephesians 4, verse 20. I'm going to read that from the King James Version of the Bible. The Bible says, but you have not so learned Christ. If so be that you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. So, Pause. As the truth is in Jesus. So we realize when we talk, we'll come to that in a minute. Then the Bible says that you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. That means our old behavior, 
anything that is outside of God, anything that is negative, the Bible says when we learn Christ, we are enabled to take that kind of behavior off. And I'm going to break that down in a moment, but let's keep going. Then the Bible says, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. So let's put this in context. The word there says, when you learn Christ, when the truth that is in Christ is introduced into our minds, the Bible says our minds are renewed. We're going to come to that in a moment. And the Bible says that we are renewed in, in the spirit of our mind. Verse 24 says the following, and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. So let's put this in context. That means if there is any challenge that we have with our mind, the Bible says it is the truth that is in Christ Jesus, when it is presented to our minds, our minds are renewed, restored to an original state. So let's keep this in, in mind. What is the truth? And then we will look at the impact. So let's have a look at what the truth is. So the renewing of our mind happens when we come in contact with the truth that is in Jesus. So please keep that in mind. So let's have a look at John chapter 1, verse 1. So we understand John chapter 1, verse 1. The Bible says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So let me actually go to a more accurate scripture for you. John chapter 17, verse 17. Jesus speaking. Jesus says, sanctify them through thy truth. So we realize the word and the truth are one. The Bible says, thy word is truth. So let me pause for a moment. When the Bible says that when you're exposed to the truth, when your mind is exposed to the truth, and what does your mind do? Your mind literally thinks or pictures. That's what your mind does. It processes. When your mind is exposed to the truth, the truth literally recreates the way you think or picture, effectively causing you to think or picture things the way God thinks or picture, processes or pictures things. That means you're restored to an original state. Why did I say it like that? Notice Jesus said, sanctify. Sanctify means to prepare or to make holy or to make fit or sufficient for a particular task or role. And notice what he says. He says, Lord, do it through thy truth. Thy word is truth. How does this affect your mental health? When you have a mental challenge, a thought challenge, that means you are picturing the past, the present, or the future outside of God's plans or will 
the word will help you to be literally renewed, healed, or restored to an original state. So the more of the word that you have in you, the freer you are to be just like Jesus. And so I'll show you two scriptures to back that up, and hopefully that will answer your question. The first one is, come with me to Psalm 119, and I'll, I'm going to verse 11. The Bible says the following, Psalm 119, verse 11. I'll get that in both versions. The Bible says, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Let me go to verse nine. And the Bible says in verse nine, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? That is his outlook or the way he approaches life. The Bible says, by taking heed, thereto according to thy word so when you focus on the word it will cleanse the way you do things it will enable you not to sin against god the word will renew the way we think so that we can literally take on christ so that we are now walking talking and thinking like god notice what this says and who teaches us that the holy spirit does what he teaches us the word the holy spirit reveals the word and so i'll read i'll show you that in scripture and then there's a particular scripture the holy spirit is laying on my heart specifically for this please turn in your bibles to john chapter 8 verse 32 and i will start from verse 31 for clarity john chapter 8 verse 31 says the following then said jesus to those jews which believed on him if you continue in my word then are you my disciples indeed verse 32 says and you shall know the truth remember what we said about john 17 17 that god's word is the truth and the truth shall make you free so any challenge that you have especially those that live on the inside that is in your heart your soul or your mind when the truth is placed there that helps your mental health that repairs that strengthens it shapes the way you see things and it shapes the way you process um I really hope that helps somebody. I'm going to come to all of them. So is there a link between the Holy Spirit and, and our mental health? Yes. Why? He teaches you the word of God. The word in the Bible is he reveals. He explains. He makes simple. All right. That's what he does. That's what a teacher does. He makes it simple. So when you read the Bible, you have a teacher right beside you. And that will help the way you think, the way you act, and the way you speak. 
enabling you to be, do, and act just like God so you get the same results. And it will free your heart, your soul, and your mind. Hopefully that helps, okay? Hopefully that helps. And so what's the link? The Holy Spirit teaches us the word. Okay, we're going to come back to, we're going to come back, all right? Let's go on. I'm just grabbing your, I'm just grabbing your questions, okay? Um, all right, there is somewhere in the Bible, the New Testament to be precise, it says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Does that not mean the Holy Spirit can judge us? Now, let me put that in context. Let's find that. That's in, so when the Bible says, do not grieve, that's in the book of Ephesians 4, verse 30. And the Bible says the following. So let's, let's understand what he does. And the Bible says, let me read from, I'll read from verse 28 and I'll read down to verse 30. The Bible says, let him that stole steal no more. This is Ephesians 4.28, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good, that he may have to give to him that needeth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace to the hearers. Then the Bible says, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Meaning, notice it says, our words, our thoughts, and our actions can hurt him. Why? Because he is sent, and this is where we'll look at one of his roles. He is literally your guide. Pastor explained it beautifully on Sunday. Think about, and this is what I want you to hold on to. Remember, the Bible says he's your counselor. He's your advocate. He's your strengthener. He's your standby. He is he's the comforter. Obviously, he is your teacher. He's your advocate. And we begin to realize, ladies and gentlemen, all of those, notice, all of those roles require you to be in communication with somebody. If you have an advocate and you don't tell them your case, they can't defend you. And if you have an advocate and they give you advice as your counselor, and you don't take it, notice there will be adverse effects, but he's not judging you in that sense. What it means is it upsets him. Why? He cares for you. And that's what you must realize. He cares for you because let's clarify, who is the Holy Spirit? He is God. And that's what you must keep in mind. When you hear from the Holy Spirit. We have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. He's God. So when we do something where he tells us not to do something, it's not that he's judging you, it's agony. Why? He can see what's coming. It's the same pain a father feels when he sees a child behave in a particular way, knowing that the consequences of those actions are going to be quite dire, or they're, go they're going to be negative. Let's not say dire. Let's, let's say they're negative. And so, ladies and gentlemen, notice that's not him judging. That is the same upset that somebody who is sent to guide you 
watches you go the wrong way, realizing that it's going to take you either 10 times as long to get there, or you may not get there at all. That's what it means. And let's put this in context. The Holy Spirit is a person. Jesus always refers to him as he. So that's what it means when we say grieve the Holy Spirit. It upsets him because he loves and cares for you. Jesus said, John 14, verse 26, just, and this is where I'll end this, this particular point. Jesus says, God will send him for three things. To represent me. Act on my behalf and to be with you forever. So he is literally Jesus Christ in spiritual form. He's just invisible. Where does he live? He lives in your heart. We'll come to that a moment. So that's what it means to grieve. So he's not there to judge. We've got to get so that's clear. All right, let's keep going. There's a question of what practical advice can I give about casting lots um, as they did in Acts chapter one? The question is this. Let's put let's put this in context. <laughs> let's um, come with me to Acts chapter thirteen, so we can Acts chapter thirteen. This is Acts chapter 13. I'm going to read from verse one. And so very good question. So what should I do? Should I travel or should I not? And the question is, do I cast lots? Okay. And it's a very good point. Um, and I'm going to answer it simply. And, and it's a very good question. And we appreciate every question. Nobody's being made fun of. Acts chapter 13, reading from verses one, and I'm going to verse four. Um, I'll read it from the Bible in basic English. Um, thank you, Holy Spirit. I really appreciate it. The Bible says, now there were at Antioch in the church there prophets and teachers, Barnabas and Simeon, who was named Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene and Manian, a relation of Herod the king and Saul. And while they were doing the Lord's work and going without food, the Holy Spirit said, let Barnabas and Saul be given to me for the special work for which they have been marked out by me. Pause. Notice the Holy Spirit's primary method of communication. The Bible says, the Holy Spirit said. Now, what you must understand is this. That's how God wants to communicate with you and I. He wants to speak. So when you are casting lots, it is an indication that you cannot hear him and you do not know what he says. And also you can't ask him. So it's like, you know what, God, I know you can't talk to me. So I'm going to ask you to communicate by signs or symbols. And notice that's not how God wants to communicate with you. Jesus said, he's your guide, your advocate, he is your counselor, all of which your strengthener, your standby. He is. So we'll look at some of these in detail, but I want you to realize, notice the Holy Spirit does those things by speaking because Jesus 
did those things by speaking. How did Jesus give advice? He counseled, he spoke. How did Jesus strengthen? Notice, let me use one example, Matthew 14. How did Jesus strengthen? I'll read from verse um, 26. I, hope, I, I, I pray you're having fun. So how did Jesus strengthen? Um, this is how he strengthened. This is Peter walking on water. It's a good example. The Bible says, verse 25, Matthew 14, verse 25. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled and saying, it's the spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straight away, Jesus spoke unto them saying, be of good cheer. It is I, be not afraid. What did he do there? He comforted. How did he comfort? He spoke. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on water to go to Jesus. So he was walking on water. And when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and began to sink. He cried saying, Lord, save me. So now he needs a standby because his strength has run out. He needs a strengthener. Okay. So he needs the ability to do something. He needs a someone to come alongside. Okay. Notice how Jesus gives him strength. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? That means why did you doubt? But notice verse 32. And when they were come into the ship, the wind ceased. What did Jesus do? He strengthened Peter by speaking. So ladies and gentlemen, you realize all the roles that the Holy Spirit is going to, to fulfill, Jesus executed by speaking. So how does the Holy Spirit want to tell you? How does God want to guide you? He wants to speak to you. How will he speak to you? by the person of the Holy Spirit. We could go on and on, but I'm going to skip forward. Okay. Um, all right. Okay. Only if you grieve his spirit, will he leave you? Let's, let's clarify. Great question. But he can bring to your remembrance to prevent you from grieving the spirit. Will, so the question is, if you upset the Holy Spirit, will he leave you? The answer is no. Let's clarify. Jesus said, John chapter 14, verse 26. John 14, verse 26. Um, sorry, let me read. That he may be with you forever. The Bible says, will the Holy Spirit leave you? No, he won't leave you. So let's put it in context. Ephesians chapter 1, from verse 13, Ephesians 1, verse 13, um, Jesus is speaking, uh, the, the, um, Paul is writing to the Ephesians, and the Holy Spirit is speaking through him, and he says the following, in whom you also trusted, that is Jesus Christ, in whom you also trusted, after that you heard the word of the truth, the gospel of your salvation, 
in whom also after you believed you were sealed with that holy spirit of promise that's the holy spirit who's come which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory ladies and gentlemen the holy spirit is with you for the long haul so you may grieve him but that doesn't mean he's not going to talk to you jesus has made that possible this is why we walk in grace the grace of our lord jesus christ means when we make a mistake god does not completely withdraw kill us or slaughter us because the price for the mistake has been paid through Jesus. So when we say, God, I'm sorry, can we fix that? There's what happens? You get a second chance. First John chapter one, verse nine. So when we grieve the Holy Spirit, does he leave? No, he doesn't. Okay. That's a, hopefully that answers your question. Um, John chapter, there's, there's, forgive me. I, I actually enjoy it where the Bible says things really clearly um let me find it verse 16 john chapter 14 verse 16 sorry this is it's, it's, um john chapter 14 verse 16 i'm reading from the king james version of the bible and i will pray the father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you how long forever even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not neither knoweth him but you know him for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you and then jesus goes on to speak so ladies and gentlemen let me let's settle this the reason this is important is this when you make a mistake satan tries to tell you god doesn't want to talk to you that is not true it's not the case. Let's clarify. He's your father, a relationship built with the blood of Jesus through the sacrifice, death, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He has become your father. Listen to me very carefully. That means even though you may make a mistake, he may be upset, but the relationship between you and God is not in question. I hope that helps. So when you make a mistake and you sense in your spirit, ah, Holy Spirit, I've, I've screwed up. I've missed something. Or I, 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 you know what? I didn't get that right. When you go back to God, Jesus says, I will do two things. I will forgive you one cleanse you from all unrighteousness too that means when you start again it is as if the mistake has not happened that's why he went to the cross and paid for our sins i hope that helps i really hope that helps somebody i really do so when you grieve the holy spirit don't panic he's going nowhere he's there for the long haul all right great question okay Please, Pastor, if you don't speak in tongues, this promise still applies, right? Great question. Very, very great question. So does this only apply when you speak in tongues? That means you're praying by the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Let's pause for a moment. Speaking in tongues is a blessing that the Holy Spirit offers to all believers. 
But if you don't speak in tongues, does the Holy Spirit still have the ability to guide you? Yes, he does. Will he still guide you? Yes, he will. The benefits of speaking in tongues, and they are there for all of us, the benefits of speaking in tongues are quite remarkable. It, and, and, we could, and we will talk about them. I'm just looking at the time. We will talk about them. And so, but will God guide you if you don't? Yes, he will. Because the Holy Spirit will still open up in prayer. Open up the Bible to you. He will still teach you because he lives in your spirit. The Bible says in the book that Jesus said that when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, that you will receive power so that you may be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in, um, in Judea, Samaria, and Jerusalem, and the rest of the world. That is Acts chapter 1, reading from verse 8. The Holy Spirit does that. The question is, if I don't speak in tongues, does that stop? No, it doesn't. The Holy Spirit can still talk to you through the word, whereby he will reveal things through you through the Bible. The Holy Spirit can still speak to your heart when you speak to God in prayer. Yes, he can. The Holy Spirit can still energize a worship experience so that you find yourself in God's presence and God finds him, God literally invades yours. The Holy Spirit will still be able to get through to you because, because he lives on your inside, and I'll show you where that is in a moment, because he lives on your inside, he's able to nudge your heart left or right he's renewing your mind through renewing your heart your soul and your mind through the word and he's speaking to you through inspired preaching and teaching so the holy spirit still can get through to you and notice you will realize that even as you act in in accordance to the feelings and the nudges that the holy spirit gives you you will realize that's the holy ghost and you'll realize that he's still directing you when you pray in tongues all of those things are turbocharged because when you pray in tongues let's look at two functions of praying in tongues two please come with me to the book of jude chapter one and I'm going to read from verse 20, Jude 1, verse 20. And the Bible says the following, but you, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Verse 21 says, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. When you pray in tongues, it builds your inner man, your most holy faith. That's the faith you have in Jesus Christ that brings you to salvation is built so that it becomes and grows so that it literally takes over your life. So you begin to live out all the things that God says you should live out. The process of the Holy Spirit speaking to you through the Bible, through prayer, through worship, through obedience and through the opportunities you have to give, the Bible says it's turbocharged. Your inner man is strengthened. So when you're praying in tongues, it strengthens your inner man. What's your inner man? Your mind, your heart, and your soul. Not in order. 
sugar rush kind of situation, heart, soul, and mind. When you are praying in tongues, your inner man, that's when transformation is turbocharged. It happens before, but it's turbocharged. The reason I say so, it's turbocharged, is this. And I'll come to that in a moment. Let me just look at these two functions. I am watching the time. So one, when you pray in tongues, the holy that your inner man is built, you are edified, you are made stronger, the word becomes clearer, the, the hearing God in prayer, it becomes um, remarkable. But then the beautiful thing about praying in tongues also is the following. Please turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. I will start from verse 1. The Bible says, follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that you may prophesy. Verse 2, for he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God, for no man understandeth him. How be it in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. That means the things about your life that God cannot tell you. And so let me explain mysteries. And then I'll talk about prayer. Jeremiah 33, 3, from the Amplified. The Bible says the following, and I'm explaining mysteries. Call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things, fenced in and hidden, which you do not know. Do not distinguish and recognize have knowledge of and understand. That means there are certain things about your life that are mysteries because God cannot tell you. He can't tell you in all sincerity, in detail, some of the things that he wants to do in your future, some of the things that you may go through, some of the things he wants you to experience. So when you are praying in tongues, you are turning those things over. You are talking to God at that level. So when you're praying in tongues, and you and literally what you're doing is you are talking to your father. The stuff that your mind, your heart, and your soul can't handle, but your spirit man can. And you are now talking to God on a level. So God can now implant things into you that your future holds that he cannot tell you in your present. Does that make sense? You are talking about things that haven't happened yet. Time is irrelevant. There are no limits. You are talking to your, the, your God, your father, who is able to make tomorrow happen like now. And listen to me very carefully. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm freaking out. But the deal is this. When you're praying in tongues like that, you're communicating with God at a level not limited by where you are. Let's go back to our original question. When you do not speak in tongues, can the Holy Spirit still guide you? Do the promise still does the promise still apply? Yes. When you pray in tongues, the promise is amplified or turbocharged. Great question. I really hope that helps somebody. Oh, oh, oh we've only wait, 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 wait. All right. <laughs> we have only two minutes left. I hope you, oh, wow, wow, wow. Okay, I'm going to copy everything you've put 
in the chat. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry, I'm having too much fun. Um, I'm going to copy everything you put into the chat and I'm going to hold on to it so I don't lose these questions. We will pick them up next week. So I want you to please realize. Um, um, so what I'm explaining is this. We're talking about the Holy Spirit. And notice, we, as we break this down over the next two or three weeks, hearing from him will become easier. Because in this season, as Pastor said on Sunday, it's absolutely essential. Um, and so I'm just going to copy these for the moment. And so I've, I've got, let me just pop those into a note. So I don't lose them. got it all right ladies and gentlemen i've got it i will filter that out that's great ladies and gentlemen so this how are we going to end tonight let's settle something the person of the holy spirit he is right where you are and my prayer for all of all of us is this <laughs> um Okay, can the Holy Spirit be with you even if you have not been baptized? Okay, the Bible says, Luke eleven thirteen, that God will give the Holy Spirit, hear me well, the Holy Spirit to whosoever asks him. Although baptism is really important, it is not necessarily a prerequisite. So let's have a look at what happens in Acts 10. And this is where I'll wrap it up. This is where I'll wrap it up. So Acts chapter 10. I'm a tiny bit over. I'm going to go as fast as I can. I'm just going to read. <clears throat> okay. From verse 44, the Bible says the following. While Peter yet spake these words, he was speaking to the people in Cornelius' house. The Holy Ghost fell on them which heard the word. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished, and as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. And then the Bible says, then Peter answered, then answered Peter, verse 47, can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we. And then the Bible says he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord and they prayed. Notice the Holy Spirit fell on them before they were baptized. So ladies and gentlemen, let's settle something as we close out tonight. The Holy Spirit is going to be with you for the, the, this season of your life. And he, I hope and pray that as we walk with him over the next few months, your life fundamentally changes. Your study life will change. Your prayer life will change. Your worship life will change. Your obedience life will change. Your giving life will change. You, ladies and gentlemen, will change. And I pray very simply. So my prayer today is that the person of the Holy Spirit in between now and next week becomes so real to you that life begins anew. Ladies and gentlemen, we're out of time tonight. May God bless you and may God keep you. I hope you've had a fantastic night tonight. 
Um, sorry, I, I, if I've freaked out a bit, I've having too much fun. I hope you've had a bit of fun. We'll see you next week. We're talking about the Holy Spirit next week. We've got a lot to cover. It's going to be so much fun. Um, have a wonderful night. And let's pause and let's say a prayer. Just in case, Father Almighty God, for all those that are believing God for a miracle, I pray, Father Almighty God, that John chapter 14, verse 26 becomes a reality. That you will comfort, you will teach, you will strengthen, you will counsel, you will advocate for, you will stand by. You, O Lord, will instruct so that the miraculous things you have promised will become a reality in their lives. And Father Almighty God, for anybody who is here believing God for healing or, or an immediately necessary miracle, grant it to them in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Have a wonderful night, ladies and gentlemen. May God be kind to you. May God keep you. Have a great week. See you next week, Monday.